It's 12-Sided Guys time. We have Matt as Temrid the Cooked Cat Pine. Hi. <laughs> Scott as Roos, arrow-catching face, Lorimer. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Jordan as Ebby, O'Bears Maragdos. <laughs> Salutations. Sabrina as Nari, Nat 20 Stormfist. Hey there. Yeah. And me, no plot armor Paul, the guy who 100% was ready to kill or capture the entire party in our previous session. We're glad you're here, but we're even more happy that our characters are back. We just want to say how much we love the support from each of you, from the person supporting us on Patreon to the person listening to us five years from now. We love you guys, and we're glad you like what we're doing here. If you want to support us more, leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting app you use, spread the word to friends, or even consider becoming a patron by going to patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. That's one, two-sided guys. Tyler became a patron and now has access to the wiki and maps, as well as bonus audio. And since we all got nicknames this week, I figured Tyler deserves one too. How about T-Bone? Coco? Gammy? Is this deep cut a little too deep? Anyway... If you've ever liberated the hidden town Zeltenia to recruit the night lands, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 20. Anybody have any any clue where those nicknames are from? Those are deep cuts, man. I've got no idea. I know the video game. I can't. I don't know the. I don't know the nicknames. T Bone, Coco, Gammy, nothing. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's Seinfeld. Nothing. Nope. <laughs> 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 so George wanted a cool nickname. So he wanted, but he can't give yourself a nickname. So he's eating a T-bone steak, hoping that somebody nicknames oh. him T-bone. Oh. <laughs> but then somebody else is like, somebody else is like, oh, that looks good. I'll have a T-bone too. And they're like, oh, we should call you T-bone. So then George feels like left out. So then somehow he gets nicknamed Coco. But then they get a girl who works there at the office whose actual name is Coco. So they change his nickname to Gammy. Uh, <laughs> oh man. man i do not remember that at all <laughs> yeah me so neither. if anybody gets that deep cut congratulations my hat's off to you i had to look up the gammy one but anyway all right did, did anybody know the video game one though you ever what you liberate zeltenia to find lands Mm-mm. crickets oh crickets. man i knew that one though that's ogre battle Oh, oh, man. Okay. I okay. never was able to play very much of that one. Like I rented it from our local like VHS video game rental place, mm-hmm. which was called Fuzzies, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Did it have a, a back section that you kind of had to get, be 18 and older to get to? Most likely, but I, my young mind <laughs> oh. never paid attention to it. Um, but I mean, could you think of a better name for a small town video rental place than <laughs> Fuzzy? Oh, man. No, yeah, the bathroom right. room was called uh, Fuzzy's Down Under. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right, Roos, why don't you just go ahead and jump on in? Hey, Gigi. I- I've got to process some of the recent events. Here, I-, I got a dried fig. Why don't you chew on this and just let me talk for a sec. When the arrows were lodged into my back and I lost consciousness, I had two flashbacks. D- do you remember my ex-boyfriend, Farron? Yeah, yeah, I-, I miss him too sometimes. It felt as low in that moment that I lived through that fight 
where he kissed me all over again. Uh, you know the one where, where he kissed me and just to distract me, and then he stabbed me? Yeah, that was the one. I had another memory, too, from my childhood. I was, I was laying in the loft in our house. This was from before I, I met you. I was laying there in bed, and I heard Mom and Dad talking, and, and they mentioned the names Simon and Bree, and they talked about the fact that I'm not their child. And I felt kind of dumb for never thinking about the fact that I don't have elven ears until I met Mr. Pine, but regardless, the point of this flashback is that, that I, I'm, I'm the heir. Anyway, when I woke up from this near-death experience on that muddy slope, I saw that the grass just to the north of me was burnt to a crisp. Pine was kneeling over me when I, when I opened my eyes, offering words of encouragement as he pulled the arrows from my back. I don't know what it is about the old man, but his words inspire loyalty. I felt rejuvenated after. When I got my bearings again, I saw that the fire scored this long line in the grass near the dead horses, and Mr. Pine and Nari's clothes were were charred in a few places, and Ebby, well, he was a bear. After we recover from the fight, we've been moving at a grueling pace to meet up with Kira out in the woods. You know... You remember the reason we're out here, right, Gigi? We're looking for the air. Well, we've been looking for me. I've been searching for myself this whole time. And maybe that's true in a couple of interpretations of the phrase. No, Gigi, I'm not a king. I cannot let my mind go down that path. I've got a hard decision to make, though. I, I want to think it through. I can't turn myself into Howling Talon. But I, I hate to be dishonest. I don't want to live wondering if they're hunting me. I need to tell Tigash who I am and tell him that I quit. Maybe if I pay him some gold, he'll, he'll forget about me. Maybe he already knows. Could I live in hiding on the, or on the run? Gigi, I'm still searching for myself. This, this changes everything. I, I hear water up ahead. I, th I think the lake is just, just over this ridge. Thanks for listening, Gigi. Okay, Nari and the boys, uh, you come up kind of over this little hill. It's still forested, um, covered in trees and bushes. The rain is still coming down, although it's lessened since last night. You guys have been traveling all day after pushing through all night, um, but you ha did have a, a good rest the night before. Regardless, you guys are, are tired. You come here to this shore of Westfell Lake on the west bank of the lake, uh, realizing that you need to get to the north shore. And there is the river that comes down past Tabory that's kind of separating the west shore from the north shore. But here you are, the sun is starting to um, dip in the sky, and you guys have reached the point where if you keep going any further for the day, we we risk some exhaustion. So, what do you guys want to do? I'd like to take a snooze. That's for sure. Yeah, we can make camp. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a good place to sleep. Um, how far are we? Are we from the mouth of the river, Abby? 
or are we are we right at the mouth of the river? <laughs> uh, you, you guys are not right at the mouth of the river, uh, Abby. You you would assume just knowing you know this area, you're probably about five miles south of the mouth of the river. So um, you guys could walk there in you know a couple hours, maybe two and a half hours. You could probably get to the mouth of the river and then figure out how to cross. But right now you guys are just on the lake. Um, you don't see anything out on the lake, at least at first glance. The sun is starting to, sh- to, to set, but you can't really tell because it's behind all the clouds. Um, rain is still falling. Perfect. I mean, I'll, I'll relay that exactly what you said to the group, just so they know. Maybe it's best, yes, we stay south of the river for now until we're ready to cross. Because if any boats are coming down searching for us on the river, they're going to come right through there. Yeah, and maybe we should camp out past the tree line so we're not too close to the water, not in the open. Yes. I wish we had a tent, but I guess the tree branches will have to do for a covering. Yeah, remind me to buy a tent next time we find that uh, Porthos. (laughs) <laughs> Porthos, I'd like to buy a tent, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever you talk to me, it kind of does the Scooby-Doo. <laughs> All right. Okay, yeah, if you guys are going to look for a place to kind of set up camp away from the shoreline uh, back in the trees, then uh, you guys can make some either investigation, perception, or survival checks. One of, one of those three should be just fine. Uh, I can do a survival check if that works for everybody. Yeah, I'll help you look. Perfect. Ebby will go ahead and do a survival check. And with advantage, is that okay, Paul? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, if Pine's helping you. Cool. So I rolled a 25, or Ebby rolled a 25. Wow. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, that's that's really good. Um, I'm uh, running out of ideas for how to find places that are not waterlogged out in a <laughs> waterlogged forest. Um, <laughs> you've done a cave, you've done an overhang. Um, We'll say at this point, you find a fallen tree. Okay, so there's a fallen tree. It looks like it fell years ago. Uh, it's starting to kind of rot away. Um, but it's a very thick tree. And it looks like if you guys if you guys were to take some fallen leaves or some fallen limbs and, and lay them across, you could make a, like a, um, um, kind of a lean-to that you can uh, lay underneath. It's going to be uh, low down to the ground, like no sitting up or anything like that. But that's probably going to be your best bet. But it looks like it's kind of down in this little... Uh, depression. So you'll probably stay out of uh, out of eyesight for people who are maybe walking along in the forest, but uh, they won't see you unless they they come right upon you. Um, and you know, you guys have traveled now for uh, gosh, eighteen hours or so, and you haven't seen any signs of life uh, at all since you crossed the road. Human life, human life. Yes. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure Abby's been talking to birds this whole time. Oh, there's a good chance of that. Yeah, <laughs> he's been. Hopefully, Abby's been sharing with us the gossip from the uh, the crows. Well, he's yeah, he's teaching us the rest of the crow words. He's like caw 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 caw. I feel like crows would have the best gossip. Oh, they do. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Tell yeah. me, Abby, what did the crows really think of the magpies? Oh, don't even get me started on those magpies. Such vanity. Oh, my goodness. But nothing's worse than seagulls, if we're being honest. (laughs) I just have visions of mine, 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 mine. (laughs) Oh, nice. All right, let's start putting some branches up on this uh, on this fallen tree and make a make a place to sleep. 
All right. Fantastic. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys get started. Are you guys going to risk a fire tonight? You guys have been going. Here's the deal. Um, what I was going to do is the survival check, depending on how bad it was, um, I was going to lower a difficulty for exhaustion. You guys, I mean, the 25 is great. So I'll say that, you know, you guys will get some good sleep tonight just because you found a perfect spot. You don't need to have a fire tonight uh, to risk exhaustion. But uh, did you guys want to have a fire? It's been multiple nights since you guys have kind of been warm. I think it'd be okay to, to venture a fire this evening. Uh, we have this egg from Porthos that I've been dying to try. Let's cook it up for dinner. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. We could give that a shot. Okay. We'll say with the 25 survival check, you're able to keep a nice low fire. Um, you found some wood that was relatively dry. You were able to get some nice, uh, nice like uh, coals going so you can cook, a, cook an egg. Um, how did you want to cook that egg? We're talking scrambled. We're talking you're going to fry it up. You guys going to. This is the hard hitting stuff that our listeners really <laughs> want to hear. <laughs> I think I think Nari would forage for maybe some sort of herbs and dandelions and kind of want to do like a little bit of an omelet or, or scramble kind of thing. Oh, with mushrooms, too. Mm. Oh, yeah. There you go. Wild onions. Who's who's cooking? Yeah, who is cooking? Yeah, you guys all went off looking for different things and the egg just burned because you guys oh. all left the egg on the fire. <laughs> I, I imagine Ebby's like, I'm happy to cook and has no idea at all what he's doing. <laughs> oh, perfect. Pine, Pine will cook. He, he, he made breakfast for his kids on Saturday mornings. <laughs> Was it grilled cheese? Uh, breakfast? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Scrambled eggs. Hey, it's the only thing he knows how to make. So, mm -hmm. you know. That was my dad right there. Every Sunday afternoon was a uh, grilled cheese. So yeah, he'll do scrambled eggs. I mean, what's an omelet but scrambled eggs with extra stuff in it, right? Perfect. There's a little <laughs> more to it, but yeah. Not Possibly. according to Pine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. Yeah, well, Pine's used to like uh, going on um, on a um, expedition or on a, on a maneuvers and things and eating cold everything. So. All right. Um, yeah, you guys make this omelet. You find some, you know, some dandelions and some pieces of grass and maybe some, <laughs> some moss, pieces of grass. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. You guys are looking for stuff. If you guys want to add some stuff to this omelet, then let's make some survival or investigation checks. I think we said mushrooms and wild onions. Not okay, grass. so <laughs> I know, but you guys haven't you guys haven't found them yet. Okay. So, okay, here. Okay, I'm really excited for this uh, for this wild mushrooms thing. Okay, who's looking for the wild mushrooms? I well, those have the the highest potential to be lethal. So probably whoever has the highest nature skill. <laughs> um, you know, I with with Ebby, he's got the wanderer feature, uh, okay. which allows him to find food and fresh water for himself and up to five other people each day uh, okay so i guess <laughs> i wanted to see who got totally high from this uh from this egg what if that's what we're looking for i'm willing to say that we can try that <laughs> you, i had some visions all written out for you guys to have but you guys are all totally <laughs> totally blown out of psychedelic mushroom trips yeah nice look at guys it's purple and has all these veins on it <laughs> nari you can taste the colors you can taste the colors <laughs> Ebby just starts crying and he's like, we are one. You guys, do you understand it? Like we're one in the same. Oh my gosh. 
All right. I okay, was trying yeah. to come up with something for Pine to say, and all I came up with is, is, was, guys, what is up? <laughs> There's a ever see whole that? galaxy in this fire, bro. Did you guys ever see that Simpsons where uh, the the school the bus driver guy was it Eddie or Freddie? I can't remember his name. Otto. Otto. That's it. And he's like, they call him fingers, but you never see him thing. Oh, there they go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about when Homer was tripping on the ins- insanity peppers, and he sees the coyote. He's like, "Find your soulmate." He's like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, that dog. That that was that wasn't my talking coyote. That was just a talking dog. Find your soulmate, Homer." Wait a minute. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, yeah. Now. Um, you guys make this omelet. You guys sit down. You can get warm around this fire. And I think at this point, you guys realize you, you didn't realize just how um, how miserable your hike had been. I mean, well, maybe not. Maybe that's not true. It was pretty miserable. You guys almost died the day before. But it just feels good to get warm, to have some warmth, to have some relaxation, um, especially after all you guys have been through. Um, the sun is uh, going down. It's starting to get dark. Um, did you guys want to talk about anything as a group before we uh, start the next day or do do the night's watch? Oh yeah, bring it, Rose. This um this jacket of mine is very important to me. Uh, has a lot of sentimental value. As you could see, there's some there's some burns and scorches on it. I've I've seen you do some some um minor repairs to your own clothing, and I was wondering if you could help me out. Of course, yeah, yeah. Here in my pouch, I've got. Uh... Got a repair crystal. Oh. They've got a fancier name than that, but I just give them all nicknames of what they do. Mm. I'll uh, hand a, a crystal over to you. Okay, awesome. I'll start uh, trying to work out this uh, fixing my jacket. You just kind of hold it close, and it just does its own thing. Oh, oh, okay, let me try this. Let me try this. You know, this jacket, it doesn't look like much anymore, but this was uh, this was actually my officer's coat when I was in the military. I've replaced the collar, I took off the epaulets and, and all the brass and the medals. But it's the same jacket. It served me well for many years. So why did you end up uh, leaving the service? Did you serve until the fall of Menarest? Well, not to the fall. No, I ended up serving until just after the um, the fall of Redleaf, the, the sacking of Redleaf. I'm not familiar enough with the different cities and such, so I, I don't know when that happened. Redleaf is one of the major cities in in um, Menarest, in Colinium. And um, I was in charge of its defenses, and the, the city fell when the Menarese um, Air Force was destroyed. Uh, and um, after that, they they looked for a new approach, and I was... I was put out to pasture. Mm. They wanted some younger blood. Wanted some more. Um, they were going to try some new tactics, and I was—I was a good scapegoat. Well, I'm sorry that happened, Mister Pine. Me too. I—I've got to say, I've met much younger men than you that cannot hold the sword with the same finesse and skill that you do. So it's disheartening that they would have done that to you. I appreciate that, and I feel, I feel my former commanding officer and I have begun to make amends. And I look over at Crumbles. 
And then I also look at, I kind of put my hand on the hilt of the, the S-Talk, which I have now taken off my back and kind of have over my, my lap. Um, I'll spend some time sharpening and cleaning swords uh, tonight as well. While he's doing that, looking at his sword, I want to pull out the little mace that I grabbed from the priestess and try and attune with it or just kind of inspect it to see if there's any sort of magical properties. Um, so you spend some time with it. You don't feel like you gain any increased um, like connection to it. Um, why don't you make like, uh, you can either make like an arcana check or you can make a religion check. Okay. Rolled an 18 on arcana. Arcana. Okay. As you look at this mace and with your um, your your knowledge of uh, kind of dealing with the glove that Ramsey had and how that was his like arcane spell focus, you see that this is kind of like a, a divine focus, a symbol of the deity um, uh, Iramil, and this is kind of her badge of office. Um, it looks very very well made, um, but you don't feel any real connection to it like you would expect if you had to attune to something. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You don't feel like it fills up one of three slots. Okay. Anything else anybody wants to talk about while you guys are uh, camping for the night? As a group, anyway? Uh, I think I think Ebby is pretty deep in thought, like doing his trance meditation thing. Got it. Yeah, I think Nari is also kind of um, praying and just sort of having some low alone time and decompressing. Russell uh, asked another question to Mr. Pine. So, um, I, I don't mean to pry, but I'm, I'm curious what your guys' plans are after we take care of Applebottom, drop him off with Fallen Heaven. Are you guys wanting to stay with Fallen Heaven, or are you going somewhere else? I, um, I don't have a problem working with Fallen Heaven, but I don't think that... That's the path for me. Magister Colbury, Fulbury, he had a good point about fallen heaven and their methods. And that's not the kind of battle that I want to wage, but I can see whether there's value in some of their results. So keeping them as a strong ally, sure, but I, I don't know. There's... um. There's potentially power in what we currently possess that I don't think I'd want falling in the hands of terrorists. Even terrorists who agree with my ideology. So you want to, do you want to keep the crystal disc from them? Like, not tell them about it at all? I think for now I would err on the side of caution, yes. At least until we learn more about it. I think... You know, Ebby has that book that we've been unable to read so far. I think it would be good to maybe spend some time, find a scholar or someone who can help us read it. Someone besides Applebottom. I'm afraid that book has knowledge we wouldn't want him to, to glean, even as he was telling us what it says. I very much agree with you on that, Pine. Um, with their conversation, he kind of you know, starts to speak, even though he, he's still kind of in this trance, you know, sitting posture, um, but can't help but overhear the conversation. Uh, so Abby's just kind of adding his two cents. I think that this has been on my mind a lot lately. There are so many questions that I have. I know that there are questions that each of you have of your own things, but I feel 
drawn to this book and to the questions that I have to figure out where I come from and what my purpose is in this whole great scheme of things. Yeah, I guess knowing where you came from changes your perspective on the world. Speaking of where you came from, Ebby, um, this book, it, it seems to, to, to date to your time before memory. Uh, is there a better way to say that? I don't know. It, do, none of this looks familiar to you at all? None of these characters, none of the words? No. <laughs> Unfortunately. I've, I've racked my mind trying to think if I could associate these with any, with any visions or thoughts or, or memories that may be in my head. But prior to my awakening, uh, when the Empire or when I woke up, I have no recollection. I wonder if the next time you speak with Neum, if he could point us to a resource we could use to better understand the language. I think that's a reasonable thing. I need to speak with Neum. Of that, I am certain. If I could be honest with you all in terms of my feelings, yes, Roos, I have feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With our most recent bout, being so close to death, and yet feeling that my work was nowhere even close to being finished or completed, it... Frustrates me. It's it's not just that there's a sense of loss or sense of confusion or trying to find my place in this world. It's that there's this deep seated anger that I'm feeling now at the at the mystery, the question mark, the blankness that is my past, where I'm coming from, what I need to do, how I'm supposed to do this, how he, my people apparently are being usurped by the empire, and yet. Here I am fighting in the wilderness and seemingly no closer to an answer. Ebby, well, feelings like anger and rage can be valuable. They can also be blinding. I think what we're doing here, well, seemingly disconnected or on the periphery of what you really want to do, what you really feel you need to be doing, I think it's ultimately essential. We can't let our feelings, our emotions, cloud our judgment or um, distract us from what is most important, what would have the greatest impact in the long run. I can't speak for you, but I feel that this disc and its connection to you and to the facility that had um, figures that resembled you and the book, I feel that in the long run, they will be the greater help. I think that keeping Applebottom from those secrets, sending him somewhere far away from all of this, to be questioned and and to share his information with Fallen Heaven, ultimately that will also do a a great good. We have to be strategic. What is Applebottom doing right now? He's he's not able to hear us, is he? It, where is he? I, I imagined he was probably uh, in there close enough to you. You guys keep an eye on him. But I mean, did you guys bring him into your little space or is he still out strapped to crumbles or what? We would have brought him in, but I like the idea that he's probably 15 feet away. Okay. 
So if we're talking in hushed tones, it'd be harder for him to hear. Okay, I think Nari would just kind of peek over and say, we better be quiet if we're trying to keep things, even even things that maybe should be kept from fallen heaven secret. We don't want him blabbing about that as well. I'm already worried that he overheard the revelation that I'm the heir. I don't like the idea of leaving him alive. Why don't you guys make perception checks? I'll let each of you make a perception check. All right, Pine rolled a dirty 20. Roos got a 19. Nari rolled a 10. Ebby got a 12. As you guys are talking and kind of glancing over at the figure Applebottom, who, whose real name is Chancellor Ramsey, um, you, uh, Nari and Ebby, you can't tell if he's like laying over, kind of shivering in the cold. Uh, Pine and Roos, though, you look over and you both see his body shaking and you can instantly tell he's laughing. Quiet, because he's still gagged. He still has a hood over his head. He's still tied up, but he's laughing. Did you notice that? Yeah, I saw that. And I think this is one of those opportunities for us to keep calm heads and be strategic. Yeah, it's my gut reaction was not strategic. So I'll I'll follow you. I don't doubt that he would rather us kill him than turn him over to fallen heaven. So be careful. I fear he may try to egg us on to violence. I'm pondering a decision to make that's going to change the course of my life. And and I'd rather only have one organization hunting me than two. Hmm. All right. Um, one last thing. Ebby, as this conversation was going on and you were you guys were talking about that book, um, I want you to just make a make a uh, make a perception check, Ebby. As you are All right. pondering everything. A terrible roll. I rolled a two with plus four is a six. <laughs> it is six. All right. You kind of like reach into your bag, pull out the book, look at it. And there's that yellow crystal in the in the cover. You know, you kind of open it up a little bit and uh, the symbols and, and the script just don't make sense. Um, but you can't make heads or tails of it. And uh, I, I guess you put it back away. Paul, you need to stop making these huge plot points <laughs> dependent on one roll. <laughs> because we're going to fail every time. <laughs> that is 100% not true. I will tell you guys, you guys have gleaned a ton of information. I'm just this teasing. Is kind of, I'm just teasing, this is, Paul. I know, but this is <laughs> this is the fun stuff. that It's kind of like, um, I don't know, it's like the little hints or something that maybe you guys can get that might move part of the story forward, but the other rest of the story is still moving forward anyway. So, I don't know. I don't know. This is great stuff, man. I love it. I love putting leaving stuff up to a roll. It's great. Until it doesn't go my way. <laughs> what, you mean us surviving? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that was insane. All right. No, here's the deal. I uh I am glad that you guys survived. That's that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, I'll get you next time, gadget. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. Okay. All right. You guys are um the, the sun is going down, it's getting dark. Uh Apple Bottom is still about 15 feet out away from your guys' kind of campsite. Um, if you guys are ready to start going to bed, you guys can tuck in underneath that log to stay dry for the night. Um, and you guys can do watches or whatever. Um, and what are you guys going to do with Apple Bottom? Um, 
Well, I don't, I don't know what the rest are thinking, but I want to, I think we're this close to the end. So I want to secure him to make sure he can't get away or try any weird shenanigans in a last ditch effort. So I may, I think, um, Ebby's just going to position himself that as he's doing his kind of, you know, sentry during the night that he's paying particular attention to what Applebottom is doing or where he's sitting. Got it. Yeah, Applebottom can't actually move himself because he's still hogtied. He still has his one hand tied to his feet, right? He has been in that position now for, oh, <laughs> days. Days. Um, oh, no. Yeah, the guy is, I mean, beat up, sore. Um, he needs to go see his chiropractor. Uh, you know, all that stuff. Um, like yeah. Dr. <laughs> Paul in Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> what? Cascade Park Chiropractic Clinic? What, what was that? Do you all want right. like someone to say how good it is? Because I could give like personal experiences there. And, you know, there <laughs> are testimonials. We just, for, like, product personal placement. experiences at the chiropractor, right. huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can know. make no comment. This is a this is all HIPAA stuff, so I can make no comments anymore. <laughs> when you're on your way to the chiropractor, enjoy a nice cool Pepsi. That's right, Pepsi, the thirst quencher. I was in the choice of a new generation. Jeez. <laughs> oh, all right, you guys. So, um, uh, Abby, as you know, that's a very good point. And actually, uh, I was I've been making some rolls here and there. Um, as you kind of realize that it might be time to really focus on Apple Bottom, as this is kind of his hopefully last night with you guys. You go over, you check on him a little bit, and you see that he has been slowly, methodically trying to cut through his bindings on some rocks and things on the ground. He has not made very much progress at all. He rolled a five, um, but you see that he is attempting something. So um, if you want to tie him up better or put more ropes on him or sit on him or I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. But you you realize that he has not been laying here totally passive. <laughs> nice. Uh, fun fact about Ebby. He weighs 320 pounds. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. I, I'm not going to have him sit on him or he might destroy him. Um, squish him like a bug. Uh, oh but gosh. I will, I, I think Ebby will take some time to kind of retie, maybe add a few extra ropes to everything. And while he's doing that, he's going to kind of quietly say, ooh, nice try. You almost had us there. You know, if we hadn't been paying attention, maybe you could have slipped away tonight. You hear him kind of, mm, 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 as he's trying to make some noise through his gag and he just can't do it. This is the first time in, in like hours that you've heard him actually attempting to make noise well i hope you have a good rest you'll enjoy your time with fallen heaven i am sure uh it's been fun speaking with you i wish that you know you could have been a bit more open with me perhaps you could have had some conversations perhaps you could have taught me a few things about all of this inevitability in the angel but you squandered it you tried to play your game and and show up and and show off boasting of how much smarter you are than all of us and look where that brilliance has gotten you it's really quite a pity well have a good night <laughs> as you're talking he is like fighting the bonds and as you continue to talk he slowly stops and then he kind of rests his head down on his on the rock whatever that he's on and he gives up and that is inevitability right there 
<laughs> mic drop right there. Roasted. Don't drop your mics. They're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ebby will go over and like lower the mouth gag one last time just to see if he had any last words. Uh, okay, yeah, you lower the mouth gag and he kind <clears> of <throat> his voice is really kind of raw and quiet as he's trying to work his jaw a little bit. And he kind of says, this is your last chance. If you get rid of me, how will you find out who you are? Oh, I'm sure there's things out there I can learn. I'm not willing to make a deal with the devil just to learn a little bit of information. This is your last chance to try to make it worth my while. Tell me what the angel's plans are. Tell me how the Empire fits into it. Tell me how all of us fit into it. And maybe I'll consider it. Maybe I'll speak with the others. The angel's plan is no plan. The angel's plan is to get the world back on course. That is all. The angel did not plan any of this. The angel is reacting. Don't make a deal with the devil. Make a deal with the angel. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that we've seen the fruit of what the angel brings. We've seen it in the burned out towns and villages the charred husks of dead families that have been left rotting in the sun. We've seen what the angel has wrought here in this place. I'm not sure that I'm willing to make that deal. The angel uses tools that are, that are not perfect. And if you can't see past the imperfections of the people who profess to follow the angel, then you're not seeing the big picture. But I can show you the big picture. Well, I feel that you've had your chance to show me that big picture, and I feel frankly unimpressed by what picture you have shown. I think with that, I'm going to put the gag back in his mouth. Okay, as you start to you start to go, no, no. The, the picture he has shown is a, a, a pencil sketch of a horse playing the saxophone. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. That picture exists, guys. Google image search. <laughs> well, I, immediately in my head, I, all I could hear is the saxophone part from Careless Whisper, the... Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Okay. Perfect. All right. So it's time then for Betty Bye. So you guys want to do watches again tonight? Yes, please. Yep. Okay. Fantastic. All right. You guys can split the watches however you want. Shall we just do the tried and true? Yeah, that works. Okay. I will go yeah. first with Ebby. All right. Anything you guys want to talk about? Uh, Ebby, Ebby's, I'm like, I'm reshuffling sh some spells tonight, so there's not much that Ebby really is going to be talking about. Perfect. 
All right. Yep. Yeah. Pine will also take a look at what he has available. Okay. All right. As you guys kind of uh, ponder and think and dig deep down into your reserves and try to remember your training or, you know, touch base with nature, whatever the case may be, your watch goes on uneventful. All right. Who's taking next? I think Nara usually goes second. Yeah, I'll go next. All right, Nari, is there anything you wanted to do uh, this night while well, you're kind of alone? Uh, Ebby is awake and alert, but he's kind of off in his own little world. Is there anything that you wanted to do? Or, or I, I, noticed, I noticed that Nari's been praying more. Um, yeah, is there anything you specifically want Nari to do tonight? Well, Nari's feeling a little bit conflicted after kind of listening to the group uh, talk about keeping things from fallen heaven. She's not quite sure where her loyalties lie and she would really like to pass this burden on to someone else, but she also isn't really sure, you know, if fallen heavens, the people to take care of it. Um, so I think she's just kind of sitting there wrestling with that and trying to kind of reconnect with her, her gods and her history and ancestors, um, by praying as well. That that okay. is something yeah. I, I wanted to bring up when we were all awake, but I completely forgot. I wanted to talk about about Nari's history working with Fallen Heaven after I mentioned they were terrorists. But well, you get you guys can do that in the morning. Okay, you guys can do that in the morning. But yeah, I mean, I mean that must be difficult for Nari because I mean this was what she did, right? This is what she was doing in Arkelby. She was gathering information and passing it on to get to Fallen Heaven to help fight the Empire, and now she's got information, and the rest of the party doesn't necessarily want to pass that on. That'd probably cause some conflict. Yeah, she's uh, feeling conflicted internally. Well, your watch goes and uh, it goes uneventful. And then last is Roos. Roos, you wake up for your last watch. Is there anything you want to do on your own while Ebby continues to commune with the rocks and the grass underneath his butt? Roos will just sit next to... Um, apple bottom and just kind of talk to Gigi while he's, while he's doing his watch, just kind of going through his thoughts. Okay. Anything in particular you're, you're saying to Gigi? Talking to Gigi about what my decisions are and what I'm, what I, what Roos wants to do, what I want to do with the rest of my life now that things have drastically changed. All right. Um, why don't you make a perception check as you're as you're talking? Okay. To Gigi. I got a seventeen. Okay. As you're talking, you keep kind of glancing over at Ru- at Ramsey at uh, Applebottom, and you recognize that yeah, he does have more bindings on him now than he did before. Um, but um, it looks like um, with your seventeen perception, it looks like he is out, like not present, not pretending at all. He is uh, fast asleep. Okay. Uh, probably just exhausted. Okay. Okay. And then, um, Roos, you and Ebby, as, uh, as your watch kind of ends, you see light starting to shine in the eastern sky. Um, and another day uh, is upon you. Um, and one thing that uh, I'm guessing you're waking everybody up. Yeah. Um, that, but one thing that Nari notices is that her crystal starts to glow red again, her cell stone. It, it is repowered, um, so it's ready to receive and send um, some phone calls. 
Um, I think Nari would mention to Roos that the cell stone is reactivated in case he wants to contact Kira specifically. No, I appreciate you letting me know. I, I can wait until we get there. Does anybody else have anything we should say besides, you know, that we're about five miles south of the river or of the mouth of the river? No, not not from me. No, I just I assumed we would just use it to try to pinpoint their location as we get closer. Yeah, should we wait until we get there, and just in case we can't find it, we can ask them. Okay. Yeah, we can hold on to it. No, we'll we'll find it. We don't need to pull over and ask for directions. Come on, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like Google Maps. It's just around the block. <laughs> what you don't trust your your crystal? You don't trust the crystals to to guide you? All this newfangled technology. I'll end up riding crumbles right into the lake. <laughs> well, I'd hope you'd notice it before you got wet. <laughs> All right, you guys gather up your things and uh, you get Applebottom back on the back of crumbles. Uh, crumbles seems even more well-rested than uh, the day before. Um, and uh, you set off um, back uh, towards the shore, I'm guessing, to head up to try to get around the shore of the lake to the North Shore. Nari, I was meaning to talk to you last night. Um, I know we were talking about Fallen Heaven, and I know that you actually have the most experience working with them as a former member of the Rose Syndicate. So I was just, I wanted to make sure that what we were saying about sharing information with Fallen Heaven, how it, how it resonated with you. I, I mean, I didn't work with, with Fallen Heaven directly, so... Yeah, you know, I mean, this is kind of my first real interaction with them. But with the Rose Syndicate, I mean, that is what we were fighting for. We were fighting against the Empire Empire, and I don't feel necessarily right about hiding things from them when they're the ones who have been fighting for so long. I I see your point. And I think handing over Apple Bottom to them will be a huge boon for them. My biggest concern is if we hand over Applebottom, I mean, he'll tell them about everything else. That's true. I don't know that we can keep this a secret. I just, I guess I wanted to give them the information that would help them in their, in, in their fight the way that they fight. And I, and I feel like, personally, this key and, apparent, and the untapped power and potential within it might be quite a bit tempting to use as a weapon. Well, what if we told them what we know, uh, since we don't really know necessarily that it's a, it's a weapon, uh, but that we know it's important and we could offer to study it and then we could, we could figure out what to do with it. But that also makes me feel, you know, that's such a big responsibility. Is that what we want to do? I mean, is that what you want to do after this? Well, I've I've found myself in a prophecy, the ravings of a mad oracle. I think there's more for me to find. And I think that the the key in the book, that's, that's where I'll find it. Would it be too much to ask if I traveled with you guys for a while longer? 
Well, I, I, I believe I speak for everyone here when I say, hell yes. <laughs> oh, I mean, actually, no, it wouldn't be too much. Uh, you said you guys wouldn't be too much to ask. No, by no means, please. <laughs> hell no. Oh, yes. <laughs> hell no is what I meant to say. I'm old. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, um, I I guess I disagree with you guys and your methods sometimes. I, I wasn't certain that that it would work. I, I just don't I don't see a place for me with Howling Talon after I tell them who I am. You're going to tell them? How do you think they'll react? I don't know. Honesty's always been the best policy, so I'll I'll probably be straightforward with him and ask him if he won't come after me and and hopefully he'll respect me enough to tell me if he will or won't. So, Ruth, I, I was just going to say, remember, there is a difference between honesty and candor. Hmm. That's true. For what it's worth, just be careful. I fear that your value as the heir may outweigh any loyalty they may have to you. Yeah. Well, I'm fairly certain that we were just planning on selling the heir to the Empire where the air would die anyway. So my prospects aren't, <laughs> they're not too good with my old employer. What about Kira? I'm planning on telling her as well, if she hasn't put the pieces together from the brief message I sent her. And do, do you think she'll let you go easily? I don't think she would stop me. We don't have a good relationship. I don't think she would want me around. Hentigish, tell me about your relationship with with him, him, her. Uh, him. He, he was my my trainer. He actually came all the way out here to Tabury to pick me up, and I went on a number of of bounties with him before I graduated and started working on my own. It was actually I was with Tigish when we captured Kira. Hmm. And 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 do you trust him? Do you feel that? He would have your your interests put. Do you feel he would put your interests over the potential monetary gain? I'm not sure, but I mm. I respect him, and and I I hope that that respect is mutual. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. What's I can you know we can only counsel you. It's your life, obviously, and 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 you'll do what you will. Bruce, I'm your friend, even if we disagree sometimes. <laughs> I just, I, I've never looked at the world the way that you do. And so it's, it's been refreshing to travel with, with different people. And your perspective has been refreshing as well. Uh, sometimes I can see the world very black and white. And it's, it uh, has been eye-opening to see some of the gray that you bring into uh, the perspective. <laughs> I don't see it black and white. I see it full of color, and we just pick the color that we like the best. I prefer blue. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and I've never traveled with such a dick before. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. You guys are traveling along, having this conversation. Um, the mood seems lighter. I mean, it, granted, you guys are talking about these deep, dark things, but, you know, your near-death experience was now, like, over 24 hours ago, which, I mean, <laughs> in real life does not seem that long, but, like, the adrenaline and the um, 
the fatigue you guys felt from that experience has kind of simmered and it's become sort of a, a bonding moment between you guys as opposed to a, you know, this harrowing, um, super, um, like you, you're, you're coming down off of the high from it and you feel a little bit more, I would say you guys feel a little bit more at ease, even though you are trying to discuss and figure out what's going to happen going forward. Um, as you're moving through the forest, um, you start to hear, you, you can hear like the sound of the water, um, from the lake kind of lapping against the shore and it's a rocky beach, right? It's not like a, a sandy beach or anything. It's rocky. There's points where, you know, the, the shoreline, the, the rocks are, uh, like they kind of, the, the shoreline kind of rises up higher above the lake, you know? So it's like a 15 or 20 foot drop down to the, to the water. And there's other parts where it comes all the way down and you're walking, basically, uh, the rocks go right down into the water. You could walk down right to the water if you wanted to, but, um, you hear the, the slapping of the water against these rocks. And then as you're heading North, you start to hear more the sound of moving water. And you realize that you guys are coming very close to the, the, uh, the outlet of the river into the lake. Um, and uh, it looks like you guys have made it. It's been about two and a half hours, three hours of you guys walking. Uh, you know, it's, it was only about five miles, but you're not on a road. You're not on a trail. Um, it's it's uh, a little bit rougher terrain. But you guys, uh, eventually, as you continue to walk, you can see through the trees um, that it kind of clears out. And you imagine that that clearing is actually the river as it snakes down and empties into the lake. I suggest we approach cautiously. Indeed. I can sneak ahead if you guys want me to, to take a look at it. A uh, quick question for you, Paul. Do I hear any, like, the chatter of any animals that may indicate whether they see that there are people around? Why don't you make a uh, perception or a survival check? Uh, I will do survival because I am significantly better with survival. So Ebby rolled a 21 for survival. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, you hear the chittering of animals and things. You hear squirrels, and it seems like all they're saying is, nuts, 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 gotta grab some nuts and store them for the winter. And you hear birds saying things like, uh, seeds, 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 gonna get some seeds for the winter. (laughs) I said nuts, nuts, nuts. You didn't say if they were female squirrels or male squirrels. Anyway, you like the to hear birds. birds are, the joke was the birds are looking for seeds and the squirrels are looking for nuts. Oh, no, oh, I gotcha. No, the birds are saying things like, like, oh, it's, you know, we got to head south soon, you know, time to head south. And you hear other birds flying overhead and they are, you know, they're, um, they, all they, it seems like all they're squawking about is warmer weather, warmer weather, warmer weather. It seems very natural for this time of year. Uh, the kind of conversations that you hear, the kind of chittering and, uh, and animal noises that are, that are going on around. Good. You. Okay, cool. And every once in a while you hear a fish jump up and say, glub, glub, glub. (laughs) (laughs) You have to stick your head under the water to understand them. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And they're saying, oh, no, I can't breathe. Oh, no, I can breathe again. Sorry, that was a terrible joke. You can cut that out. Cut that one out, please, Scott. Cut it out. Cut it out. You realize, realize, Paul, when you say cut it out, that just means Scott and I keep that in as well as your request to cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, so uh, Roos wants to sneak up to the river. Is that what you said? Well, I was asking the party if if that's what they want me to do or if we just kind of want to go. I think that's a great idea. Okay, well, I'll, uh, give me a sec. I'm going to head up. Okay, Roos got a 21 on stealth. Okay, fantastic. All right, as you are sneaking up, um, 
through the trees and things, you, you, you manage to stay really quiet. It's like you, you know, you're kind of a city boy, um, you know, born and, and raised, but you, in the last couple of weeks of just being out in the woods and in the wilderness, you've really gotten a handle for avoiding the, those noisy branches and twigs and things like that. And not rolling uh, your ankle on rocks or sending a little like, you know, loose gravel down or anything like that. So you manage to sneak up to the river. Um, you come to uh, the edge of the river and you see um, as you as you approach the river, the trees thin out just a little bit, but the trees come right up to the edge. And uh, you see that uh, you are actually kind of up on a, uh, a rocky, um, rocky cliff overlooking the river and the river flows down into the lake. It looks like at this point, the river is about, oh, I'd say, hundred feet across. Um, it looks like oh, wow. uh, there is, um, it looks like it's pretty deep in places. Like there's definitely a channel that like ships can, or like boats can, can sail down. Uh, but there is a lot of rock. So you can tell that this is the type of place where boats would have to be careful. Um, but yeah, it's like a hundred feet across and the other, the opposite shore is also like a rocky cliff. Um, so, um, that's what you, what you see as you, as you glance around. I mean, you can make a perception check as well. Bruce got a button at one, so a five on his perception check. <laughs> all right. And yeah, that's, that's about all you see. Okay. Um, I'll head back to the party and let them know what I see and how wide the river is and all, all that information. While Bruce was doing that, uh, Pine will be looking for a, uh, a rock. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> oh, dude, a 22. Dude, that's the perfect skipping rock. But oh. now you have to make a ranged attack. To well, see how many skips you can get. Well, I'm I'm not ready to skip it yet. I got to get to the surface <laughs> of some calm water first. Come on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, if if you're counting at home, that's now two perfect skipping rocks. <laughs> are they in your character sheet? <laughs> they are under other possessions. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So Roos comes back to the party, kind of reports what he sees. Um, and this is what you guys have to try to figure out how to get across. So it's about 100 feet across. I I don't have a I don't know that we could swim safely. I I prepared something for this purpose, actually. Um, you know, it's funny as we approached the water and I could feel it and hear it. It was as though I could tap into um some of the uh some of the magical abilities that emanate from this area as though lord moshe were communicating to me through the waves um but i i've prepared a a spell that might be able to help us um it allows us to walk on top of the water <laughs> wow Ooh, that sounds exciting <laughs> all right let me just get rid of this whole page of notes rip <laughs> <laughs> there is still the matter of how far down the cliff is the water. How how far are we going to have to climb down and then back up the other side? Well, I can... The, the way down shouldn't be a problem. I've got these descent crystals that kind of make a stairway in the air. You can just kind of... We just walk down pretty easily. Well, that, that's down. What about up? Well, we have to climb, I assume. How high was it? Uh, about how far up the cliff? It's a hundred feet away. I couldn't tell real well. It's probably fifteen feet, but it's it's a ways out. So, Nori could basically throw us up there, but I'm I'm worried for Crumbles. <laughs> we could do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we get up to the top, 
we could probably tie a rope around him to safely kind of hoist him up. Maybe do a pulley. How heavy is a warhorse? You, I mean, you mean an, an Alaton? Alaton. Yes. An Alaton with warhorse stats, yes. Well, it just says he's large. So, I mean, how heavy is a... How heavy is a... Dra- how heavy is a, like a, a destrier? A destrier? How heavy is a destrier? It's like a ton. They're big. Yeah. How heavy is a warhorse? Uh, we're talking like a thousand pounds. Okay. So half a ton. I don't know horses. They're big. <laughs> <laughs> They're big and scary. But this, but this is an Alaton, so it's actually only 950 pounds. <laughs> oh, that makes all the difference. Um, how many people can you cast that spell on, Eddie? Uh, ten willing persons or creatures. Okay. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is something for you guys to figure out. I'll, I'll stop talking. Well, if you cast it on all of us and crumbles, and I think we should be able to get across. Would you want to cast it on Apple Bottom as well? Just to make sure if he were to fall for whatever reason, he wouldn't immediately drown. Yes, I think that's a, a reasonable idea. Of course, they do have to be willing to accept the magic. So hopefully he doesn't put up a fuss. Apple My- Bottom, have you ever wanted to walk on the water like Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> he, he gives you one finger again. <laughs> it looks like he's willing. He gave a thumb. Thumbs up. <laughs> the middle thumb. The thumb that's in the middle of the hand. <laughs> the long slender one, yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, let's tether him just in case he decides not to accept the uh, the magical incantation. Yeah, my my crystals for going down will only cover five people, so we'll probably just drop him back onto the water. Is, is, that, is that people or creatures? Like, what could we do the four of us in Crumbles with, with him on Crumbles back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll okay. work. It's it's uh, five creatures is what I can do. Okay. So I, I so Pine will start preparing Crumbles for this very unorthodox mode of travel. Kind of just with t- talking to him and trying to uh, um, calm him in Menorese. Okay, you see that his eyes are wide. Like you, as you're explaining what's going to happen, um, you see his eyes kind of get wide, and he starts to breathe. You can hear the <laughs> snort, uh, like the it, it, the heavy breathing uh, of a of a worried animal. Um, but as you talk to him and you kind of caress his nose and everything, he he calms down. <laughs> well, um, yeah, Crumble seems like he will accept it, and uh, and he uh, is nervous, but he trusts you, Pine. Awesome. And then Crumbles goes running for the cliff and jumps off. <laughs> All right. I'm kidding. Roost. I'm kidding. Nobody's <laughs> cast their spells yet. <laughs> I was about to cast it. Yeah, but there's no water walking on him yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Ebby Ebby will go ahead and and cast the incantation. This like kind of aquamarine-ish green light kind of flows from his chest down his legs into the earth and kind of emanates up at the feet of each of the individuals. Awesome. Roos will stand over the edge of the cliff and, and throw the hunter's descent crystal, just kind of translucent stairway, basically. All right. So quickly follow. 
Yeah, because that stairway doesn't last very long, does it? Uh, one minute. Okay. Okay. You guys all descend this crystal stairway. The only one who's done it before, I think, is Roos. And so, Roos, you take the lead, I'm assuming, um, showing everyone kind of how it's done. And it takes a little bit of getting used to. Um, and just as you guys reach the bottom step and you are feeling used to these kind of clear uh, uh, steps, this hunter, this uh, uh, descending crystal, um, then you step foot onto the water. And this is where things get really weird um, because the water doesn't quite feel substantial and yet you're not sinking. Uh, like you feel like with every step, your foot give just a little bit more than it should on hard ground, but then it stops. And again, and then as the water is kind of flowing underneath your feet, you can feel your feet kind of rise and fall. It's like kind of like you're standing on a waterbed and somebody's on the other end kind of pushing and making the waves go underneath you. Does that make sense? You, that's how it feels right now. For all of our uh, listeners who are younger than 30 years old, waterbeds <laughs> used to be this thing where you would sleep on a giant bag full of water. It's so bad for your back. Oh, it's Why terrible. did you think that was an idea? Well, and, they're, and they're so heavy, too. Oh, geez. Oh, it was <sighs> te- just a terrible idea. Terrible they were, idea. They were a thing for a while, guys. Well, and they yes. would leak, too. Like, it, there are all sorts of problems. It was, oh, yeah. it was the 80s. My grandparents still have one, guys. Like, <laughs> at, unless if they've changed in the last, like, year, they still have it. Oh, well, anyway, so a waterbed. You guys are, like, walking on a waterbed, basically. Um, but you managed to get to the other side. Um, how long does the water walking spell uh, last? Uh, it lasts for one hour. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. All right. Yeah, you guys get to the other side and you can see that, yes, it is a rocky cliff going back up the other side. Um, And it looks like it shouldn't be too hard uh, of a climb. Um, So uh, if you guys want to, if one person wants to go up and drop a a rope, basically the first person to go up, the difficulty would be 10. And then after that, the difficulty would be uh, five with a rope. Nari could do that. So Nari, why don't you make a climb or an athletics check to see how well you can climb up this uh, rocky cliff? Alrighty, Nari got a 20. Fantastic. Yeah, Nari, this is like, uh, you know, growing back up uh, at home, bouldering and things like that were very, very commonplace in the mountains. And you just, uh, like a mountain goat, are up the side of this cliff in no time. Um, and then you... Um, Please tell me that she bleats as she does it too. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> no, I was just thinking how... Um, Nari, as you're climbing, you're also like, thank goodness we're not doing spider butt rope again. <laughs> Anything's better than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So then you get to the top and uh, you drop down a rope. Uh, you secure it to kind of a tree, I'm guessing. And then uh, everyone else can make their athletics check. Uh, difficulty five. I will stay down and make sure that the rope is uh, attached to, to crumbles. Try to give like a harness to get him up first before I go up. Perfect. Roos got a 13 on his athletics. All right. Ebby got a 22. Perfect. All right. So, Pine, you're staying down there until you guys can get uh, crumbles up? Yeah, I wouldn't be much help pulling him up anyway. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't either, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so crumbles can try to make the climb um, without the rope. Crumbles has a, a strength score, so... Paul, just rules conversation. Yes. So, so centaurs, they have hooves and four legs and they have disadvantage on climb checks like this, I think is what it is. So with a, 
I think because it's he's not built for climbing, I think it'd probably be fair to rule he has disadvantage. But if we had a rope around him and pulled him, could he possibly do it just with a straight check? Okay, so here's yeah, here's what we'll say. If you guys tie a rope around him and you pull him, then it's still difficulty 10, but he doesn't have disadvantage. Here we go. Come on, Crumbles. Crumble's got a 10. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. Yeah, so it's, it's you know, there's points where like that back hoof will kind of slide off and scuff and kind of flap in the air a little bit trying to catch purchase. But then you manage to get um, Crumble's up. It's, it's, a, it's a good like four or five minute haul as, as Crumble's like will balk at trying to climb again. But you eventually get Crumble's up to the top. And um, you guys can see, uh, you guys can hear under under his breath, Ramsey. Well, actually, not under his breath. Behind the the gag, you hear Ramsey just just like Reza Freza, Reza Freza type of a uh, Looney Tunes swearing um, Wait, under so, his so breath. So he's he's Mutley from Wacky Races. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He even does that that uh, that wheezy laugh too. All right, so then that leaves Pine at the bottom. You gonna send the rope back down, or is Pine gonna go without it? Please send the rope, please. <laughs> I also misspoke earlier. It's not that that centaurs get disadvantage. It just instead of um, climb taking two feet for every foot they move, it takes four feet for every f- foot they move. Well, it's a good thing they have four feet. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's almost like a dad joke. <laughs> oh god. I feel it's like a, that's exactly a dad joke. Oh, it's a, it's a dad joke. <laughs> well. I am the most dad of any dads here because I've got four. The deadliest cat right there. <laughs> I'm the deadliest. <laughs> so I'll make my athletics check. Okay. With a 21. Okay. Oh, yeah. You didn't even need the rope. But anyway, yeah, you, you start climbing up. And as you start climbing, you realize that the rope is actually kind of hindering you. And you just kind of toss off to the side. And you, you scale the, the rocks. No problem. You get to the top. I get to the top and I flex and I, and I, and I pat, I like hit my hands together, knock all the chalk off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. Did you, did you just free solo that? That a boy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> all right. Okay. So then you guys are now technically you're on the North shore of the lake. Um, you see here on this side of the lake, it is also very forested. Um, you can see as you kind of, because since you can see kind of around the the uh, the the shore of the lake, all kind of all the way around, um, you can see that there's places where the trees thin out. Um, and if everyone wants to make like either an investigation or a perception check um, from where you're at right now, Pine rolled a fifteen. Okay, Ebby rolled a twelve. Nari rolled an eleven. Bruce rolled an eight. Um, as you guys are looking around, um, Pine, you're pretty sure you can see a space where the trees thin out there next to the shore. Um, you can't tell if there's um, any kind of ruins there or, um, you know, rundown buildings or settlement. Um, but it looks like there's a good possibility um, uh, that there would be this settlement that Kira was talking about. And if you were to judge, you would say it's probably... Mm, I don't know, maybe maybe four miles around the edge of this lake. So another two hours and you could probably get to the clearing, uh, which would put us at, I think, right around noon, noon or one. It looks like we have another two hours of travel, four miles, give or take. Um, Paul, I had a question about the shore, though. So uh, when mm-hmm. we crossed the river, we were up above about 15 
feet. Does yes. the, is it is it kind of cliff all around the lake on the north side? It rises and falls, just like on the west uh, on the west bank. It'll it'll rise and fall, um, but it does look. I mean, it looks rocky. Like this is not really a sandy place. But where you saw that clearing of the trees, it looks like uh, you know from from what you can tell from four miles away, it looks like it's not like uh, super rocky or a, like a, a really uh, big cliff. But then again, it's four miles away. It's hard to tell. Okay. All right. Because I'm wondering now. Now thinking about it, may have, may have just been faster to continue water walking across the lake uh, oh well <laughs> yeah and anybody walking along is like what's that out in the middle of the lake with no cover that's true yeah well you guys still have it for another hour or for another probably 40 minutes all right so i'll make sure to step in every single mud puddle <laughs> along your boots the way. don't get wet oh my god it's amazing so if the air has a little water in it does that i mean can we <laughs> you guys start flying I was just thinking, I was thinking actually it's more like this water repellent. So it's like we're punting raindrops as we go. They just, they just, <laughs> yes. we're like literally like kicking them out of the way. Honestly, should have used that last night while we were trying to sleep. <laughs> there you go. Water walk and sleep with our feet over our heads. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> awesome. All right. You guys going to head out and head towards that clearing that Pine saw? Do we want to call and let them know we're on our way or do we want to just show up unannounced? No, seems like a good time. Yes, I let let them know we're a couple hours out. Okay, so Nari will pull out the cell stone and say, "Kira, we are about two hours travel from you on the north side of the lake. We'll be there soon." All right, you get a response back almost immediately, and it says, "Nari." Great to hear you. We are about four hours out. And then it's just a wait for our ride. We'll see you soon. What did she say? I'll relay that um, information and say I'm not quite sure what, what ride she's talking about. Hmm. They've probably got an airship. Could that have been the airship we heard the other night? Maybe. It could be. I, I, I guess my first thought was that it would belong to the Empire, but I guess it could have been Fallen Heavens. Or it could just be a boat, but that'd be boring. <laughs> if it were unrelated, Paul wouldn't have mentioned it. Or would I? <laughs> we were just talking about squirrels and their nuts for the winter, so I mean... <laughs> i'm just painting a picture all right okay so you guys start traveling along the shore um and it's pretty easy going i mean the rain is still coming down but it's definitely lightning and actually as you guys can look up at the sky you can see that the clouds are starting to get less dark and foreboding um and actually um, at one point you let glance up and uh kind of off to the east you can see a uh a patch of blue sky um, very small and doesn't last very long, but it's a good sign that this rain will eventually end. And otherwise, you guys keep walking along the shore until you assume that you are relatively close to this clearing um, in the in the trees. And uh, you can kind of, uh, well, I guess you guys are approaching. Anything you want to do in particular? 
I think it'd be best to scout it out before they arrive. Make sure that there's no one else or nothing else waiting for us here. So you guys want to go up and approach uh, quietly and, and do a quick recon? I would like to do that. Okay, why don't you make a uh, uh, stealth check? Roos got a 20 on stealth. As you sneak out, um, kind of out to the very edge of the woods, you can see that it does clear out. This is a place where it looks like the shore comes right down to the water. Uh, And instead of it being like big rocks, it's more gravelly uh, as it goes out into the water. And you can see what looks like the remnants of um, a couple of small buildings, um, old um, wooden, um, definitely, I mean, it's the kind of old building that like it looks like somebody moved away and didn't nobody nobody's been there forever and like the roof has since caved in just with moss and and the rain beating on it and everything and it's like walls have fallen in um but uh it looks like this is probably that little settlement that uh kira was talking about and uh go and make a perception check okay roos got a 23 on his on his perception Awesome. So as you were kind of um, scouting out around this uh, this place, you see that it's uh, this little settlement is down like right next to the water. It looks like it was probably some kind of a a fishing little village or just a couple of houses. Um, There's like a little uh, a little path that heads off north back into the woods. Um, And it looks like I mean, as far as you can tell, nobody's been here for quite some time. Um, as you kind of look around, you see that, um, in the shallows, uh, there is a couple of logs that have washed up and look like there's an old rowboat that's out there kind of drifting in the water. Um, it looks like it's floating a little bit, but you don't know how seaworthy it actually is. Um, that's about what you see. So are they, are these structures like contained, like are there still roofs or are they just, um, uh, not really. Um, there's okay. a, like, there's a, so if you, there's a couple places where there is some cover where part of the roof is still standing, but a lot of this, the roof has fallen in. So a lot of the places that you're walking, if you're walking around, like around the buildings, you're actually standing oftentimes on roof or on fallen wall. Um, but there's a couple places where you can still see wooden floor and you can see like old furniture that's been, um, you know, left to the elements, but there are places you can get out of the rain. I'm worried if they have an airship that, the Empire might see it and send someone. Why don't you make a um hmm, what would the what would the check be? Insight? Uh I guess insight or history or something to that effect. Roos got a 15 on insight. One thing that you do uh know is that um having been on an airship um probably more than once for you, Roos, um is that airships, they don't do really well in nasty weather. Um, so the fact that the weather is getting better is, um, you know, um, uh, a sign that there's more of a possibility of airships flying overhead. But um, something that you might realize now is that that airship flying overhead in the storm at night, um, that's kind of rare. Like uh, the wind and the nastiness as you get up and you're not protected by trees and things, you know, everything is just blowing against those ships that are, that are up in the sky. And it's not, um, it's not necessarily safe to be flying airships in storms like that. So take that information as you will. Okay. Russell. I'll duck into one of these abandoned buildings 
and just kind of sit down out, out of the rain, just in a position where he can see the road, but also be undercover and hidden. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. Wait, does does the road come close to here? I missed that. This is a different road. This is like a little path, a little dirt path. Okay. And it looks like it's mostly overgrown as well, but um, there's still some like, um, it, it looks like this path used to be used quite a bit, but it's not wide like for wagons or anything like that. It's it's definitely a footpath. Okay. So I think we should get, well, maybe we shouldn't. I was going to say we should get Apple Bottom off of the back of Crumbles, but we also want to be able to make a quick exit if need be. So never mind. Are you okay, boy, having having this um, baggage for a little while longer? He um, he nods his head. He nods his head and pats and, and paws at the ground. Okay. Do you, do you get like a sense of what he's actually thinking? Or you can communicate to him telepathically. Can he communicate back? We have a telepathic link and he understands Menorese. Okay. He can't speak it, though, sadly. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Like Mr. Ed. Um, so actually, so Pine, if if we're like poking around here, Pine would actually like to go check out the the shore where the boats are and kind of see, try to determine if, like you said, they were in disrepair. Are they still seaworthy? Um, have they been used recently? Do I, do I notice any like mark, like any signs of, of recent uh, travel through here in the mud or anything? So why don't you go make uh, an investigation check? Okay, that's what I'm really good at investigation it's a 10 10 okay um so you see as you start looking around you actually see that there's two boats one of them is floating out in the water like i had mentioned before kind of cut up on some logs and you see that one actually looks like it's relatively seaworthy um it's still floating and it looks like it's been in disrepair but it's it's actually floating in the water um which is a good sign the one that's up on there's another one up on the beach and as you go and you look at that one you can see that the bottom is just kind of ripped out of it um not ripped but like basically just rotted molded and rotted away um you do find some ores in one of these other buildings just kind of stacked up um and it looks like a couple of them might be serviceable but this is these are small rowboats this is like the four of you might be able to get into it but there's no way crumbles is getting into one of these rowboats yeah okay Uh, it looks like these are probably the boats that people used to go paddle out and fish in Okay, so I mean, if, if that's possible, if it's not, if it wouldn't require me wading too far in, I'll actually go see if I can bring that one salvageable boat up onto shore so we can have it as well if we need to get away quick. Ebby, Ebby will lend a hand on that too. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So um, why don't you guys just make a, why don't you make an athletics check just to try to get it unstuck from the log. You will have to go in like about up to your waist is all. Okay. So Pine rolled a 16 on his athletics. Um, 16 on your athletics. Fantastic. Yeah, you actually managed to tug it free and move it over to the shore. And um, as you um, as you pull it over, it looks like, yeah, it's it's not necessarily you can't tell how long it's been there, but it's it's definitely definitely seaworthy. Okay, I'll make sure that there's two good oars with it as well. Ready to push off if we need to. While they're doing that, Roos is going to walk to the to the path out here in the middle. And um take the ball bearings. He's got a bag of ball bearings in his pack and lay them out to make difficult terrain in this, this small intersection. And there's a small place where the path kind of comes down between two kind of ridges and kind of is, is filtered down towards the shore. And so you're going to cover that area with ball bearings. Okay. And I think Nari would kind of want to poke around and see, you know, if there people have been staying here, how long they've been staying here. 
how many people, things like that. Okay. Yeah, why don't you make a why don't you make an investigation check? I am not very investigative, uh, and I rolled a four. You know, as you're looking around, everything looks like it's in such disrepair. You can't imagine anybody staying, having stayed here for years. You know what I mean? It's just, you got bushes growing up inside of houses and things like that. It's, um, this is, uh, this has been a while. I mean, if you were to venture a guess, Nari, you would say easily nobody's been here for 10 years. I more was looking for like camping out, like if fallen heaven had come in through here before. Yeah, no, you don't see any, any evidence of that at all. Um, I would, I would actually, one more thing I'd, I'd have, um, crumbles kind of move into one of the houses that has, you know, maybe multiple ways to get out if need be just so that, uh, him and apple bottom are out of the rain and also not immediately visible when, when people come by, if there's like a wall between them and the, and the path. Yeah. Yeah. You managed to find a place and there's actually a couple of bushes in there. And so, um, uh, crumbles actually starts nibbling away at some of these leaves on this, on this bush. Dude, crumbles loves ferns. <laughs> yes yes crumbles <laughs> crumbles is a fern fanatic uh-huh. he's a fernatic sorry guys <laughs> uh, oh gosh as you guys are kind of uh going around and and checking things out Roos, you put your ball bearings down uh crumbles tucks into the building um nari is looking around the buildings trying to see what she can find and see like who's been here Roos, you take up a seat and uh you you kind of watch the road and after about an hour of you guys kind of like getting a little bit antsy waiting, you see um, some figures start to approach down the road and um, I'm not going to make you make any kind of check. Uh, it is your sister, Kira. I was going to say the priest of Iramil. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Back from the dead. <laughs> you see her, she has a cloak on, the hood is up covering her face, you know, uh, and the rain. She's using her one crutch um, on her, you know, underneath her left arm. Uh, you see the towering figure of Brinby with his two nub horns and his dark skin um, following behind her. You see the short figure of, of Hebo. Um, he's got his sword out and he's looking left and right. And then you see the, the second tall figure, the thin, slender, blonde haired, um, pointed eared uh, Delon who is also of the mountain clan. You see the four of them um, hurrying up to this, uh, this place, not like mad dash sprint, but they are hustling as they left the cover of the trees and they come hustling up to this, uh, this uh, little settlement that you guys have, have taken over. And um, as they come up, Kira looks at you, Roos, and she says, brother, it's good to see that you survived. And that's where we're going to stop for tonight. Anyway, thank you guys for playing. It's been a blast. Uh, It has been a blast, Paul. It's been an eldritch blast. (laughs) (laughs) Pine found a rock. Uh Pine found a skipping rock. Yeah, all right. Thank you guys for playing. Um, Hopefully you guys enjoyed this session. I know that I did. It was a lot of fun to get some back and forth between the characters, uh, set some... I don't know. I think some some little uh, some little hints and some little hooks for moving the story forward. Uh, it seems like uh, things are are coming to a head here uh, with Chancellor Ramsey, aka Applebottom, and Fallen Heaven, and uh, we will figure out what's going to happen next when we play again. Until then, have a great time. <laughs>